Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Do you want the best rates on term life insurance? Then remember this number, 800-989-1415. Protect your family with 250000 or more in term life insurance coverage and save up to 75%. Rates are lower than they have ever been. So now is the best time to protect your family with quality term life insurance. Call now for your free quote, 800-989-1415. We'll shop the top-rated insurance companies to get you the best rates from companies you can count on. So don't wait any longer. Call now for the lowest rates ever and save up to 75%. Even if you have term life insurance, you can always add more coverage. If you don't, have term life insurance protect your family today. The call is free. Call Term Direct now. 800-989-1415. 800-989-1415. 800-989-1415. Welcome, Good welcome, evening. everybody. Good. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got off there. And so how are you, Miss Rihanna? I don't know if you're ready to come on or not, but it's interesting. I am. That we have, okay. Well, let me just say this, that it's interesting yes. that we had that wonderful announcement about life insurance because, this month is Life Insurance Month, and yes. so we should have a very, very special uh, guest that's going to be on with us a little bit later on, and I don't, I'm not sure he's on just yet. But how are you doing? Greetings. Good evening. I'm doing well. I know we have our amazing Dr. Hackney on with us. Welcome, Dr. Oh, Hackney. Right. And Hello, we Dr. also Hackney. have, we have we a have 402, 402 area code. Yes, we Very do. Very good. That's our special and guest let, for the evening. Go ahead. And let me ask Honest. everyone to please mute their phones when they're not speaking so we don't get any feedback. And let me just super-duper quick give out the information for anyone out there listening online who would like to call in with any questions about life insurance uh, or anything else. The number to call is 515 605 9375. If you have a question, you call that number and press 1. That will flag your number and we can open your line for a phone call. Uh, otherwise, we hope you're listening on blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa or blogtalkusa.com. And if you miss part of our episode, just go and find us on uh, in podcast form on iTunes, Sketcher, or Apple Radio under the banner Blog Talk USA. And now I'll turn it over to your host, Dr. Shirley McKellar. Thank you, Ms. Rihanna. Hey. And once again, it's always so much fun. And, of course, I hear, hear Dr. Hagney saying hello as well. And we're going to bring Dr. Hagney in just very, very shortly to kick us off and 
bring us up to date on COVID-19 and what is going on in uh, and around our community. But we first want to say welcome to all of those listeners that are out there that always come back and join us right back here on Marvelous Monday. It's always a pleasure to be here every Monday uh, to bring you what's happening around the world, and uh, in particular what's happening here in East Texas. So we're going to first let's find out if everybody's here. I don't know if Mr. Arthur's here yet, Ms. Rihanna, but we know uh, Pastor Cooper who is, okay, well, Pastor Cooper who is running for uh, the governor for the state of Texas is out there in Hillsboro, so he may get mm-hmm. a chance to come in and join us a little bit later on, but he's speaking out there tonight, and so uh, we just want to continue to push and promote him as he travel around to the 254 counties across Texas to get his message yeah. out there. And, and can I ask Arthur's everyone, yeah. uh, no, Mr. Arthur's not here yet, can I ask everyone yeah. out there, uh, Pastor Cooper, Candidate Cooper has his his uh, Twitter account up and running. So everyone, please go to your Twitter account and follow at Cooper for the number four Texas governor. So go ahead and follow him and start retweeting all of his information and showing him support and sharing his information to build his following. Excellent. Thank you for that, Ms. Rihanna. Ms. Rihanna always yeah. thinks ahead, and she always looks out for the <laughs> next person. That's what makes her so wonderful. And I think, of course, I I can brag on her because she's my daughter. So, okay. <laughs> but uh, let's get going. Let's, let's go to Dr. Hagney. And, Dr. Hagney, if you could just bring us up to date on what's going on in the COVID community throughout. As everybody knows, we continue to have so many deaths uh, here in East Texas. We have lots of them on Saturday, burials, people put away uh, because of just this COVID is just combing our communities everywhere. So, Dr. Hagner, we always depend upon you to bring us up to date. So get us going, and we'll have a little bit of a dialogue uh, on uh, COVID-19 from you to me to uh, Ms. Rihanna, and then we'll bring in our special guest for the evening, and hopefully he'll be able to stay with us as long as he'd like. Go ahead, Dr. Hagner. I'm going to mute out while you speak. Thank you. Good evening. Hello. Good evening, everybody. Uh, you know, it's uh, always interesting to start this uh, show off talking about the COVID. And also, we, you know, the Delta, what we have to admit that has been consistent, what we said all along. And what, what we're seeing, what we're experiencing, this is, as we tell off the front, this is a deadly virus. This virus that actually kills people. And what we want to also recognize this virus, as we said earlier, this, this virus, the Delta, has mutated to the point that it's including the younger age, the children, and I mentioned earlier the Delta and also the kids. And what's so frightening is kids are getting ready to go back to school, and also we don't have a vaccine under 12 years of age. And so that and that is a major issue. And I would also say, I know the superintendent over in Longview, he's standing, he's standing firm on the mask mandate for his district, so it has to go out to him. But what we're seeing, you mentioned Delta all over the place, uh, and we're seeing that, we're experiencing that on the weekends. But also there is what I'd like to talk about uh, is individuals are asking about the, the booster shot. Now, what we need to, we need to clarify that the booster shot has not been approved yet by the federal government. They're looking at that date around the uh, around the 20th of this month. But also they are, they are going to meet this week, by the way, uh, FDA group looking at the possibly fires of approval of that. But we also we can be calling this. There's a confusion between the third shot and also the booster shot. There are individuals receiving 
shots out there, their, their base were being mislabeled as booster shots, but the actual third, uh, third shots, we need to clarify that. And also the, the great concern now is the question about the need for the booster. Uh, as Lancet reported, there are a couple of resources in the committee who stands too early, but of course the FDA is saying they're just too representative and not the committee. So that, that brings up a lot of confusion about that. Uh, World Health Organization said saying it should wait till the end of uh, September. Uh, so there's a lot of discussion around the booster. Uh, but I, there is one point I want to really emphasize that the government was saying, uh, children, as you well know, we don't have a vaccine for 12 months. They're advising uh, children should not get the shot. Now, you might say, why is the government saying that? that I think they need to be very strong with that. Uh, because there, a, there may be a possibility that someone may go ahead and want to, you know, children vaccinated, even though it's under 12, and, and uh, that factor. So the government is very concerned that that should not happen because, as we everybody understand, when you develop drugs, uh, the age, the age makes it very important when you look at the side effects of medication, dosage, and everything else. So a child's not an adult. So that's why they're emphasizing that children should not be uh, vaccinated. So I hope everybody will wait for that. Wait for the scientists. Wait for the authority on that situation. Also, I want health care uh, professionals uh, participate with that and don't vaccinate the kids and really take that very seriously until we get to go from the program and CDC and FDA and all those groups. But uh, another important point why they're saying wait there, are, um, believe it or not, there are 75,000 people in America who are not vaccinated. And one of the concerns we're saying is that Medicaid vaccine is groups should be focused towards getting those individuals who are not vaccinated vaccinated. And one uh, researcher said we may save more people by, get, by getting those vaccinated vaccinated versus trying to save people through boosters. So that's all the, all the discussion been going on and everything. But we'll keep you posted on that as direction and as information comes down in that particular area. Something that I want to mention because of this is that there's a growing percentage of individuals uh, asking for Christians um, um, uh, uh, because claiming Christianity as a reason for not being anti-vax, want people to be very cautious about that. And so, who is actually pushing that? And look at the larger who is actually pushing that. Uh, a group of they really <clears throat> trying to reinforce that two twenty and twenty percent who are the anti-strong and right anti-vaxxers. So be very because they were saying within the last week or so there was something like a 35, 30 or thirty-five percent increase of individuals claiming. Uh, but uh, what we're doing is pushing forward with the correct information about the vaccine, get the shots, get the individual uh, unvaccinated, vaccinated, and also pray for the healthcare workers because they are really going to, and also the schools. Pray for the, when I say the schools, that's everybody around the school district because that's what I know. There are schools that are reopening up and all of this confusion about the mass and non-mass. And, and uh, again, I tell everybody, we should do it for those under 12 years of age uh, because we don't have the vaccine for them. So protect them, please. You know, if you're around and exposed, whatever, let's think about those that are under 12. But do it for them and, and your other personal reasons, but uh, specifically think about them. I think that's uh, covering most of it now. Okay. So, uh, I'll be- Excellent. 
Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Hackney. We're going to make a couple of other points, and I, I love what you had to say about, uh, about uh, the people who are hanging on to that religious thing. Uh, as we know that uh, there are people who are pushing uh, the, the anti-vax, and, and you brought out a, a strong message. There's estimated, as of August, there was an estimated amount of 93 million people who are eligible to get shots but have chosen not to. So that's a strong point that you made. Let's go after those who can get the vaccine because, as you mentioned, we have to have a few clinical trials for children under the age of 12 because your being a pharmacist knows very well that a person my size uh, and a person the size of my grandchild is not going to get the same dosage. So they have to be very careful. And then I, I want to just say one other thing in regards to what you were saying about the uh, third, about the booster has not been approved. Many people think that they're taking uh, that they're taking the booster now. Well, that third shot, as uh, Dr. Hagman mentioned, that is for people who have compromised autoimmune system. So it's not quite time for people like me and, and Dr. Hagney and Miss Rihanna and maybe many of the people that are listening out there unless they have a compromised immune system. If you have a compromised immune system, they're saying, yes, go ahead and get that third injection. As Dr. Hagney said, it's the third injection. It's not the booster because the booster is supposed to be approved around about the 20th. And as Dr. Hagney mentioned, they're going to be meeting this week. Uh, to decide what may happen. Now, that's what I had to say in regards to that. And, Ms. Rihanna, I know that you may have a couple of comments. And uh, and if we don't have uh, Mr. Arthur in to say hello, then we'll go and bring our guests in for the evening. Go ahead, Ms. Rihanna. Yes, ma'am. Uh, well, thank you, Dr. Hagney. You always bring really, really good information. And I'll remind everybody, not only that, but uh, to the point that you just made about people uh, using their Christian faith as a reason uh, to not be vaccinated. Dr. Hackney, uh, really this whole, the octopus was born out of uh, going back to the roots of the church for Dr. Hackney. And, you know, that, that all kinds of Christian uh, organizations and, and denominations have been, giving medicine and vaccines for decades, for decades, because of their faith, not the opposite. Uh, they, you know, following in the footsteps of that brown-skinned socialist hippie Jesus, who also, uh, get, you know, healed the, <laughs> healed the sick and would... <laughs> would have absolutely given vaccines uh, had he not waited around for us to hate them first. Um, but, you know, I just think it's important that people do remember those things. And for all of those who say, you know, that they're anti-vax because freedom, well, I'll remind them. Our first president, George Washington, mandated that Americans get the smallpox vaccine because, well, we don't have a country when we're all dead. So there's that. We can't be free if we die. 
um, and our first president recognized that. So you don't get much more, you know, revolutionary 1776 than that. Um, another uh, point that I wanted to make is that we know now, uh, according to the most recent studies that I've seen, you are 11 times more likely to die of COVID yeah. if you are unvaccinated uh, versus being fully vaccinated with both shots. Uh, so there's another reason. And then finally, I'll say this. We keep seeing lots of people, lots of different uh, people are getting COVID and getting really sick and having horrible long-term effects from it and dying from it. Uh, but we do see it becomes kind of noteworthy when, uh, you know, prominent vocal anti-vaxxers end up dying, uh, prominent anti vaxxer covid's a hoax radio hosts dying of it and there's lots of them so i want to say this i know that we're a political show and i i'll speak for myself i tend to you know make jabs and poke fun at the other side a lot um and quite frankly anti-vaxxers and you know covid's a hoax and all you know anti-maskers and all of you yes i do think you're cuckoo for cocoa puffs right now I've been cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs lots of times in my life, so it doesn't mean I hate you. I love you. Get vaccinated. You know, when my own child was uh, small, and I'm a special ed teacher, and I like to think I'm scientifically um, somewhat literate, you know, I saw things that made me, as a first-time nervous parent, a little nervous and start questioning the anti-vax thing myself for a hot minute. Um, I snapped out of it, but I was there for a little bit. I get it. Um, I don't, I'm not mad at you, but I am mad at you if you, if you don't snap out of it and do the right thing for yourself and leave your families missing you. So let's all please try to settle on a shared set of facts and protect one another. And that's all I have to say about that. That's a beautiful commentary, uh, Ms. Rihanna. Thank you so much for that. And uh, I, I love that honesty. You said at one point in time you were that, you were there, but, but you mm-hmm. woke up to the fact that, and we can't even get into the public schools or into any schools. I mean, a lot of schools, even whether they're public schools, they're private schools, whatever, you can't get into them unless you bring and show that your children mm-hmm. have been vaccinated and prepare right. for, uh, yes. for, for right. school. Yeah. Right. So, and, and then did you hear, uh, as, and we're going to talk about this a little bit down the line after we uh, bring in our special guest, but you heard that there was a person from Afghanistan that was, you know, they're all over there at uh, in El Paso at Fort Bliss, uh, that one of the persons had yeah. measles. Did you see that? We'll mm, talk yeah, about that. that. We'll talk. Yeah, yes, they do. Oh, we'll talk about that uh, later on <laughs> down have the to. line there. I know. Okay. Exactly. We have to. That's right. So, uh, Ms. Rihanna, you can pull up an article, and then once we uh, introduce Mr. Marcus okay. Irwin
uh, or investors uh, because they actually have ties into East Texas uh, and in Louisiana. So uh, so now they're helping to grow uh, Tyler, Texas. So I want to welcome Marcus Irwin from uh, from the sunny side of uh, the Los Angeles area, uh, Southern California, uh, to the show. How good evening, Mr. Marcus Irwin. How are you? Greetings, and just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then I have a lot of questions I'm going to ask you in regards to insurance, and I'm sure that the co-hosts are going to have some for you as well. Greetings, and welcome to Marvelous Monday. Greetings, and I appreciate you having me on. Uh, this is, I just wanted to be on to be make you aware that this is September, which is Life Insurance Awareness Month. It is a inter- industry-wide initiative to bring attention to those uh, about uh, life insurance and how they are underinsured and how they need to review it. And what I'm referring to typically is not necessarily life insurance for burial, but as a financial tool, a strategy, a tax-free investment in a way to make sure that they offset the challenges that come from people dying of COVID in their family, whether it's um, a spouse or maybe both of the parents have died. And so there's some financial hardships and devastation that are the consequence a lot of times when people don't have their financial plans in order. And life insurance is principal because it's so flexible. You're absolutely uh, correct. Yeah. Tell us about your company, and because I'm, I want I want you to really tell us what life insurance really is and how it works. Those are kind of some of the things that people are asking. Well, why and, and why I should have? And I think you kind of already opened up as to why we need to have life insurance. So thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about that. So go yeah. ahead and tell us everything that you want us to know in regards to life insurance. And I'm going we're going to mute out and just listen. <laughs> Uh, to your presentation. Thank you. Oh, okay, I appreciate it. Well, uh, as 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 uh, Dr. McKellar said, I am a, a financial advisor. I'm a licensed for securities, and so what I typically do as part of my practice is I develop financial plans for individuals, businesses, uh, minorities, and specifically I develop financial plans for women. And uh, what I've seen in my practice a lot of times is that there's been hardship hardship and devastation because of COVID. There's a direct correlation. And so things happen. We understand. We take things for granted a lot of times. We kind of are in denial and we are dismissive that we could be possibly affected when it comes to COVID and, therefore, when it comes to things like the financial impact of someone being uh, uh, transitioning on into another life. Uh, I typically uh, always have a conversation centered around the education and the intellectual property of financial planning. I don't push products. I'm not a salesman. only thing I'm trying to do is solve the problems. Life insurance solves that a lot of times because it is so flexible. You only have two or three tax-free options to grow wealth. That is a Roth, life insurance, and an HSA, uh, and in certain conditions. There are also tax options if you want to consider a 529 plan, but if you use it for anything other than school, you're going to be taxed on that as well. So if you have a brokerage, you're going to be taxed. Yes, have every investment that you possibly can, but once again, when it comes to life insurance, it's beyond burial. It's more of what uh, when my 
spouse is gone. Do I have enough to pay for the house? Uh, how will this affect my kids if my spouse or I am gone? Uh, are they going to be able to have the marriage? And am I going to be able to, you know, rest peacefully knowing that, that they're going to be taken care of rather than struggling? So we use those tools depending on where it's appropriate. And so if you have a life insurance at your job, you don't have life insurance. Your job has life insurance. And consequently, when you get to the retirement age and, and that's all you're dependent upon is your job's life insurance, you're going to be way too old um, to have a, something that's unreasonably priced when it comes to life insurance, or you may not have life insurance at all. And so it's unfortunate nowadays people's financial plan is GoFundMe when they don't have these tools in place or they depend on others, uh, churches. Uh, they may not even see the doors of the, churches, of the church, but for some strange reason they feel entitled to ask those who are willing to give, uh, such as churches and other organizations, to pay for uh, their lack of better decision-making, I should say. So uh, I didn't want to go on and on, but yes, it's I, one I, of the okay. I'll I'll jump in. I, that is excellent point that that you made in regards to the GoFundMe issues because I cannot tell you how many people have reached out to me during this time of COVID. Uh, to bury their loved ones, either GoFundMe, even do, during the storm, uh, they didn't have even just regular insurance that could cover their properties and so forth. So it's very crucial. And, and, and I want to, excuse me, dialogue a little bit on that point about uh, about your your company. The company has life insurance, not you. Can you can you explain that a little bit more? Like, for instance, if they happen to lose that job with that company, what happens with their life insurance? Can you dialogue a little bit more on that? Oh, absolutely. Say, for example, you have you feel like you have life insurance because your company has it. If you lose your job um, or if you get disassociated from your job on some sort, laid off, you don't have life insurance. You're not going to have those same benefits. As you transition to a newer job, and if something happens, because something can happen that at any moment, at any time. You don't have life insurance. You can't take those things with you. And so we need to be really conscious of the fact that when you, even while you're working, you need to have an individual supplemental benefits plan, which includes life insurance, that's distant and away from your job. Uh, all these factors need to be centered around risk factors of life. Because, you know, saving up for, uh, for example, if you have a insurance of any sort, if you have a high deductible, then you need to have in your emergency fund account the amount of that deductible. Because some people, for right. example, if you take car insurance, you know, it may be best if you don't have a lot of accidents to have a high deductible, maybe $1,000, and you allow okay. that $1,000 to be part of your uh, emergency fund so to speak. But that's just one example of preparing for risk. Okay, so let me ask you this question then. Uh, there, I know that there's different types 
of life insurance. There's the term life, whole life, uh, universal life, whatever. Can you explain the differences between the various uh, types of life insurance and 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 make some suggestions as to, because some people say, well, I can't afford this particular one, but I can do this one. So can you dialogue just a little bit on that? And is it better to have some form of life insurance rather than not to have any life insurance at all? Uh, Let me uh, dispel the biggest misnomer, and that is life insurance is too expensive. Uh, It is not expensive. Uh, It's expensive not to have life insurance. There's two different types. There you go. Exactly. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, there's two different types, and that is uh, term, uh, which basically says that it goes from the date you start your, in- your life insurance into a certain term. You cannot have term past 85. Americans now are living way past 85. It's to 88 for actually women, and um, it's five years earlier for men. So we're living past that time, and what happens consequently is that at the end of that term, if you do have a, a term policy, and that, like I said, you can't go beyond 80, uh, 85 or, uh, because that's it for all life insurance companies. And typically when I've ran life insurance policies for individuals who are like in their 80s, it's $1,000 or $2,000 a month. Yeah, that's expensive. Obviously it's expensive because you haven't had life insurance in place uh, that would cover you for the rest of your life. Now, that would be cash value life insurance. Now, I know that there's philosophies out there by Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey that says buy term and invest the difference. That's a garbage term because you're taking a flexible vehicle, the table, and you don't know if that applies to your financial plan or not. Once again, the most important thing is not to push plans. It's not to be a salesman. The most important factor is to find whatever tools out there that best suits your financial goals and wants and needs. Life insurance Very does good. that because it's so flexible. So cash value life insurance, basically, you're able to accumulate some equity into a policy. You're not throwing away money like if you had car insurance and you never had a wreck. You can't ask for a dollar of that back. You're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. But like cash life insurance, you can build up this equity. I've had clients pay off their cars. I've had clients uh, purchase homes because of the equity buildup. They don't have to ask a bank. Uh, they say, Mr. Irwin, listen, I need, uh, I need to have $300,000 from my life insurance policy. You'll transfer it to their bank account that same day, or if it's too late in the day, it'll be the next day. Okay, so, can you explain that, Mr. Irwin? Uh, tell, tell, tell your clientele or your customers or, or, or listeners, I should say, out there yes. just exactly how that works and how that cash value builds up and which, which type of policy that it builds up in. Please, thank you. There's something in the cash value life and policy, it's composed of three elements. It's composed of the, in, uh, the premiums that you pay on a month-to-month basis. It goes into the cash value bank. We'll say Dr. Shirley McKellar's cash value bank in her whole life policy. On top of those uh, premiums going into the cash value bank, there's also a dividend. Usually mutual companies will add a dividend when they make a profit. Now, the company I work for, Mass Mutual, has paid dividends for the last 160 years. 
Now, we have to say that dividends are not guaranteed because it's dependent upon the profits, but we paid every year for the last 160-something years. On top of that, you typically would gain a 5% interest rate. Okay, that sounds good. Now, this money is tax-free, so if you accumulate $500,000 in a cash value inside of a whole life insurance policy, that's tax-free money. Okay, let's compare that to a brokerage. You, you would have to accumulate $780,000 in a brokerage to escape with $500 because of the taxes. Okay, what's the strategy that we use for this particular vehicle? COVID has been perfect for those who have suffered financially. I have recommended my clients to take money out of your whole life policy to deal with the challenges of whatever, losing your job, uh, not being able to go to work, laid off, whatever situations that they have, paying their mortgage, those things in place, they can take that money out and pay for their expenses and not have to suffer from any taxes, any penalties. If they want to put the money back, they can put it back if they want to, when they want to, if they want to, and then when it comes time to retire, they can take that money that has been built up and use it in somewhat maybe even an annuity, uh, depending if the fees are low, and sometimes annuities have too many fees. But you can put in an annuity to pay for the rest of your life, no matter if you live to be 300 years old. And so wow. if anything, anything happens, if you're using any tool to deal with financial hardship or challenges or whatever you're doing or take advantage of real estate property while everybody's being addicted. Take that money out of life insurance policy, buy up those properties, and if you'd like to, if you want to put it back, fine. But you don't have to. Save it for retirement, and it will pay you every single month for the rest of your life, no matter how long you live. That's outstanding. Dr. Agnew, you have a question? Yeah, of course. There's someone mentioned once about getting a house on life insurance. They were saying, well, you're too old to get life insurance. I hear someone talking about that. Can you speak to that? Is the age factor in someone purchasing life insurance? I know you're above 85, but is there a – tell me about the factor as life is raised to whole life insurance. Okay. And, 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 and while you're at that, Mr. Marcus, if you would also address uh, behind what Dr. Hagney just said, and this still relates, how important it is to get life insurance at an early age. Please go ahead. Oh, absolutely. Okay, first let me just tell you, life insurance depends on uh, uh, risk. Everything in life insurance depends on risk. Risk is determined through underwriting. Underwriting is determined through four, at least four factors. These are the principal factors. Age, uh, the older you are, the more expensive it'll be. It'll be, uh, it's dependent upon what sex you are. Women are going to pay cheaper compared to men. Uh, it's going to depend on your health. Obviously, you can't have stage four cancer, and then the next day apply for life insurance. And then the last time is, are you going to be rejected? And then the other thing is your um, is your personal history. A library a librarian will get a cheaper rate than someone who is a fighter pilot or a drunk driver who has DUIs on their record four or five in within a year. And so those factors are considered. And it's not too old to get life insurance. If someone needs to be at a certain premium, I can tell them what they're, they're able to get. Um, 
uh, uh, I, most people think that 50%, at least 50% think that life insurance is too expensive. And I'm like, what's too expensive? Uh, I mean, you're not too old. You have to sit down and sit uh, with a financial advisor or someone to talk to you and how you can construct this to make it uh, more affordable to you or more palatable to you. If you have an income tax return, the taxes alone that you can possibly save with a good financial advisor will pay for your life insurance for a year because of all the tax benefits that are out there. People are not keeping track of what are the tax changes that happen from year to year. And, yes, they change year to year, and you are losing out. you not taking advantage of certain vehicles. Every wealthy person alive has large life insurance policy, not because they can afford them, but because of the tax benefits of them and because they keep on top, or at least their financial advisors, keep on top of what are the tax changes and how can we apply it as a strategy. I, I, hope, I, asked, I hope I answered your question. Um, Hello? Yes, you did. I, uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I was waiting wait for you to ask Dr. McKellis. Yes. Well, he kind of did. He talked about how important it is to not wait because he said the, the older you are, the more, the more expensive your insurance is going to be, your life insurance is going to be, and that's why it's important. Now, I can tell you that when my, when my children were very at birth, we did get a, a term policy, uh, but, uh, but switched over later on, and then later on, then they got, we got their own individual policies. And I have policies for my, for my grandchildren, uh, Marcus, as well, uh, because yeah. I think it's just important for us to start as early. And then my my thing, my goal is to put as much into their policy to help with their college education. Can you can you dialogue on that a little bit? Yeah. Well, uh, for example, if you can tell me, uh, I need two hundred a quarter of a million dollars by a certain date. What I can do is construct the policy at an early age, whenever the child is, and tell you exactly when you'll reach that policy, how much your premium is going to be. Uh, as soon as the child's born after two weeks, you need to have an insurance policy on them uh, immediately. And um, unless it's a rider, uh, typically you want to go with uh, a whole life or cash value policy when they're as young as possible. They're out there. Riders can be uh, an attachment to a term, which can be converted. So if you're paying for a term, whether it's a young child below 18, excuse me, uh, paying for a term over 18, that money can be used to convert into a whole life policy, just like uh, uh, Dr. McKellar says. So uh, there's a lot of flexibility, once again, when you're starting with a term, but if I was a child, uh, excuse me, a parent, uh, I would definitely have a whole life on a child that they're never, well, they have to be at least two weeks, uh, two weeks old, and get them started. And if you have Cousins, uh, let me let me just. I want to touch on two things. Uh, if you have uh, relatives who are high risk uh, when they're young, please put life insurance on them. Number two, if you are in poor health, uh, you can put life insurance on uh, maybe your child or your nephew or your niece, and 
overfund that policy, a large policy, and if they allow you to be the owner, whether it's someone, uh, a niece or nephew or cousin, they allow you to be the owner, you have uh, access to all of those proceeds, and you can use it for whatever purpose you want to. So as long as you have permission from whatever the parents, relatives, or whatever the situation is, you can put life insurance on them and you can be the owner. Once you use those proceeds, they still will have a policy in place. The money inside, the cash value is still accruing. And then once you take it out, you can turn it over to them, whatever you'd like to, like to do. So there's options if you don't feel like you're, you're in great health. or, But definitely get life insurance on everybody. Very good. So how can people, I, I miss, before I go to that, Ms. Rihanna, you may have some questions or comments in regards to life insurance. Ms. Rihanna. Uh, well, yes. Uh, thank you for the information. Um, and can I ask how, how exactly, um, just for the layperson, how is it that a life insurance policy pays out? Like if you, for example, um, if you have uh, accelerated death benefit riders to a yeah. policy, for uh-huh. example. Right. Um, how, what's the pay, what, what do you, what's that process? Well, here's the, here's the situation. Using accelerated death benefits uh, riders, uh, you can take advantage of the face amount. Of, there's, there's three elements that happens in general life insurance. The length, term has a certain length, a certain amount of years. Uh, the face value or the death benefit, which is basically the entire value of, of the policy, of maybe like 100000 or maybe 500000 or a million. And then the premium. And so what happens is if there is a triggering event and you have to access the benefits, there will be access from the face amount, which is the large amount. And what they'll do is they'll pay you. If there is a terminal illness, you don't have to wait till you pass. You can access those benefits of the face amount, which is the large amount, 100000 500000 a million, whatever that is, up to maybe 80% to maintain the policy still in place after they pay the proceeds out. Now, you can't call in and cough and say, uh, or clear your throat, you know, after <laughs> terminal illness. <laughs> you know, I right. think I'm a little... Terminally ill, what you would have to do is obviously documentation. After six months of documentation showing that you are basically terminally ill, uh, uh, that will be the blackout period, and then after that you'll be reimbursed and they'll be giving you um, the proceeds. So they'll pay you out the face amount. Okay. And then, okay. Uh, And then uh, term life is, as you stated, a policy that covers you for a fixed period of time. So what happens if you were to die during that term? Does your beneficiary receive the benefit? Yes. Uh, What happens if you die during that term, your uh, beneficiary will receive the face amount, the proceeds. Now, there's a stipulation. some policies, and you have to be aware of this, if there is suicide within the first two years, uh, then they'll probably pay you back just the premiums that you paid into the policy. There are other companies out there that as soon as you the ink dries, 
uh, if there is suicide or whatever, they're they're going to uh, pay you back the premiums. My company, Mass Mutual, is once you uh, sign the policy, they'll pay you, uh, or, you know, no, no matter what. Okay. And one okay. final question. I heard a rumor. Is it true that all of us will end up dying and leaving people behind one day? <laughs> is, is that an inevitability? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I heard that, I heard that also. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but you you have to remind some people because the way they uh, behave, right. they think they'll they think they'll be here forever. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's funny. I like that. I like that. That was I really like that too. <laughs> well, let let me share this with you. Uh, Marcus, I, there, I, I know you know what debit agents are, and I can remember when these people used to come into the homes of in the black community uh, to yeah. collect money to include. They came to my my home when I was growing up to and, my, and collected from my parents, but I didn't I didn't really know what they were all about at that particular time. I didn't know until I became an adult, and then I was uh, overseeing the care of my husband's aunt. And she had a policy that was only, uh, it was like $10,000, but she had been paying on that policy for 40 years. She had paid wow. on that she had paid for that policy probably five times. And so when I found out, uh, and I told him that, first of all, I told him to get lost, don't ever come back here again, uh, that she that she can, she can mail the payment in, don't come knocking on her doors anymore. And uh, but but I eventually contacted the insurance company. That's after I had uh, become an, an agent myself, and uh, learned a little bit about uh, insurance. And we had gone to insurance school in Chicago. We know who the big company uh, headquartered out of Chicago is. And so yeah. uh, so I I ended that policy, and uh, and ne- she never paid another dime after that. But but I thought about how much she probably had paid. What far more than what that, the face value of that policy is, and so uh, mm-hmm. so is there ever a point in time when when a person can get to the point where and, and of course they don't have debit agents anymore and they may not even have those things. Yeah. I think I'm not even for sure what kind of policy it was. I know I'm, probably it was a term policy. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was not. But but it but she actually ended up passing away before she turned eighty five. She wasn't even eighty, and so that the policy was able to pay out. But I think about how many, especially people of color, black people in particular, how they have paid in so much money into policies down through the years, and uh, that it could have been worth five thousand dollars, and they paid uh, forty five thousand for the policy. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. In my case, yeah. I've had. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. I had several clients who uh, most people don't even know what the value of their policies are. Uh, most people who sell life insurance doesn't even explain to them how life insurance works and the values going forward 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years down the line. Uh, if you if you ever talk to someone about it please sit down and have them show you what they call an illustration. And you'll be able to see the values compared to how much you paid in it, how much you're getting back, what are the uh, proceeds um, to those who 
are the beneficiaries. But now the industry has changed so much over the last 15, 20 years, uh, that would be illegal at this particular time, especially when it comes to cash value and term as well. So, yeah, that would, that would definitely be illegal uh, for them mm. to have paid into it than uh, how much they would get. But if it's something 20, 40 years ago, uh, and this policy still in place, or it's been, uh, and it's not been grandfathered. Then I would definitely mm. look and see what they have, because I just had a client about five years ago, maybe it was six years ago. So I asked them if they had life insurance. She was a professional. One said, "My grandmother has been paying on this for forever, so I know we have something." I said, "Could you bring it out so I can just show you what all these values mean?" And she, uh, I've asked her before. She did. She said, "I just looked at it. It's probably a hundred thousand dollars." Well, when she actually looked at it, and we looked at it together, mm-hmm. it was only one thousand, one thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. I mean, well, no, uh, yeah. no, I'm, I'm done. So, I'm so, I'm so excited, Dr. McKay, because I have experienced that. Uh, the the uh, insurance guys coming to the door a long time ago. My concern, you know, we uh, do a lot of work with the churches in rural communities of the northeast Texas. Yeah. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that that's still going on. I mean, uh, because, you know, you come out I'm, I'm excited to move to east Texas. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But our task force where we cover all these, seven, these 17 counties in these really, really rural areas. I'm afraid that still might be going on because people just don't, the lack of information. So, you know, we can talk really on how can we check because we'll, we'll come with information to these population, these communities. If something later on, maybe talk about how we can ask that question. These people East Texas areas were, that's it going on. Right. That's you know, that's a good point. That, <laughs> it's an excellent, excellent point, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, you bring up a point because I'm through a lot of churches giving presentations for for a year uh, and educating people about uh, insurance. Not only just financial planning, wills, trusts. What's the difference? Uh, investing in you know those kind of things and investing church money instead of putting it in a savings account. Uh, you know, according to whatever their investment risk or the chance they want to take. But the fact of the matter is is that there is a lot of uh, a lack of understanding of how things work. And my job is responsible. My responsibility is just to explain it to them because nobody's taking the time to explain it to them. And there's not, not okay. a lot of us African-Americans who are, are industry who care enough. And I, I think everybody, a lot of them care but um, it's such a, a challenging industry because the industry would dictate if you don't have half a million dollars of investable assets, you're wasting your time. Uh, companies will tell you, do not talk to anybody who doesn't have that money. And so why are you in churches, Marcus, talking about this and that and dedicating your time? You know, I feel responsible because it's an intellectual property that must be shared. So mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and that way, if I'm going to leave a legacy, this is a personal basis, but if I'm going to leave a legacy, this is my avenue to do it. You know, somebody mm. has, to, has to be there. And the only that's way beautiful. this is the, yeah, I mean, th- that's what I have to feel. I really do feel this way. This is my purpose. This is my passion. I never had a passion of any job before, but now, you know, this has become so real to me. So I'm going to put more time in 
you know, than people uh, probably need to. And I'm probably going to be a little bit more passionate than they are, but that's okay. Yeah. Right. Because you, you recognize that this is happening to people that look like you. And, uh, and, and a lot of people of color, like Dr. Hagney says, nine times out of ten, probably in deep rural uh, communities in deep rural East Texas, uh, people as debit agents are still out there collecting, or they may give you a premium, uh, a little premium mm-hmm. packet. You know what I'm saying? That little receipt book kind of thing, yeah, yeah, uh, where yeah, you're mailing, yeah. where you're mailing it in. They don't come to your home anymore, but 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 that policy probably is a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, and they paid for it uh, twenty times, and that's right. what's troubling. Yep. yep. And if there's an organization out there or a church that you guys want me to come down and speak to and put some things together, whether it's a professional organization, social organization, uh, religious organization, feel free to let me know. I will come down there. I'm licensed in Texas for investments and licensed for uh, a whole host of other things uh, just when it comes to financial planning. And I'll come down there and put on a little workshop and maintain the consistency. I, I actually have an idea. You know, let me mention the task force. We established in Northeast Texas where we have actually developed 10 hubs. Each one of these hubs represents probably 10 or 15 churches under that hub. And so, uh-huh. you know, you, so that way we can reach all those churches. That's a project we started looking at. We're going to test it with the prospect deal on the third Sunday. Yes, we have a ton of churches in East Texas. Well, well I was there glad. I mean, hey, those, those the key um, uh, hub, those key pastors, what we call a moderator, would be the individual that you will know that we can actually put you in contact. Okay, that's, that that works. Can you share with us wow. how we can find you and, and your company and and all of that, uh, uh, Marcus, please? Yeah, oh, well, let me just give you my telephone number. I work for Mass Mutual, and you'll see me on my on their website. Um you can go to uh, also Spectrum Financial, which is basically a subsidiary agent of Mass Mutual. Mass Mutual is the parent company. But let me give you my telephone number first, 402-850-6969. I'll say that again, 402-850-6969. You can also look me under LinkedIn under the Financial Dragon Slayer, the Financial Dragon Slayer. Oh, I like that. <laughs> dragon Slayer. Okay. Okay, very good. Uh, and and is, is there a website or are you just want we call you yeah. directly and then you can go from there? Uh, you can go ahead. You can call me call me directly. Our website is going undergoing a, a, re, a makeover. And so I can direct you. If someone calls me or texts me, I will uh, – provide for them the links to LinkedIn. They can read a little bit about uh, who I am, my passions, my career, and also, you know, whatever shows up on LinkedIn. Uh, There may be some things on there about my speaking engagement in churches because I do cover a lot of churches and other organizations. Uh, But also, yeah, so you you can cover those and uh, then my company website. So if you text me, I'll uh, respond with the text. And uh, if you want to sit down... Yep, yep. Okay, very outstanding. Uh, any, any, anything else from uh, Dr. Hagney or uh, Ms. Rihanna? Anything else? No, no thanks. Fantastic. Okay. 
Yeah. Thank you for the great appreciate that. No, I appreciate all of you guys. I appreciate it. Yes, and we want you to stick around. You don't have to rush off. We have another hour on, but we wanted to uh, cover. It's 8.59, uh, Texas time now, and so we're going to move on move on over and talk a little bit more about a lot of things going on in Texas and everywhere. We know that uh, that the attorney general has filed a suit against the, the – I'm talking about the big attorney general in Washington, D.C., uh, Merrick uh, Garland has filed a lawsuit against the great state of Texas uh, because, as we know, uh, Roe versus Wade uh, is a big issue here in America. That's, that's the federal. And let me, before, before I even go any further, let me just say uh, to those that may not remember this, but, uh, but uh, the federal government trumps, well, let me find me another word to use. The federal government supersedes <laughs> the state level. <laughs> I know. I, I know everybody uses the word. It trumps it, but I, I just got to find myself another word. It supersedes what happens on the state <laughs> level. And so it's funny to Miss Rihanna. She gets it. Uh, did you get it, uh, Dr. Hagney? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's forty-five the no. state. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. If I don't have to use that, I, I won't use it. But uh, so right. we we understand why uh, Merrick Garland is bringing a lawsuit against the um, the state of Texas because uh, the state of Texas is still trying to tell women uh, who happen to have ovaries and a fallopian tube, uh, and uh, and none of them have that. Uh, the gentlemen just don't have that kind of thing, and so they're they're trying to tell the woman uh, what to do and how to do it. And so, but but I, I want to I do want to put uh, put something out there that that I took an oath to preserve life, not to take it. So I can't take it out of the prison system. Uh, when we put people to death uh, because of crime, I can't even do I can't do that. Uh, abortions don't work for me, but I cannot tell uh, another woman uh, what to do with her body. And so we find that we have some men in Texas still trying to tell women what to do with their bodies. And so Abbott made a very interesting statement. He said he was going to eradicate rape out of Texas. And so my question uh, is, still is, was then still is now when you're going to start because we rape mm-hmm. happens every day so we had something happen today uh in this country mm-hmm. so uh and in texas and so uh, when are you going <laughs> to eradicate that and how are you going to do that and if you could do it you would have already done it right but uh, on right. october the second on october the second there will be uh, women's marches all across the United States of America, to include right here in Tyler, Texas. And Dr. Nancy Nichols is heading that up. Um, I, I met with the uh, assistant chief of policemen to set up a, a passageway for that to take place here in Tyler, Texas. And, and let me just share with you that every single women's march that I've ever been a part of, there were almost as many men. Uh, marching out there in support of women as there were 
uh, men. I, the one March when we were in Austin, there was 60,000 uh, individuals there and probably 10,000 men that were there walking right along with the women. And then when we were in Houston, Texas, for the Black Women's March, there were uh, about uh, about 10,000 that were there and probably about three or 4,000 or more were men. So men have always been right there marching right beside the, in support of women uh, because they know very well that um, that they just cannot pretty much uh, tell a woman what she's supposed she's going to do with her body. It's a it's a discussion between the woman, uh, her her partner, her spouse, uh, and their physicians as to uh, what what should happen in regards to road versus weight. So we want to talk a little bit about uh, about that tonight and uh, and what actually could take place uh, across the nation and if in fact. Uh, that women are going to be able to stand up and speak up out against uh, uh, them trying to guide and direct her life. So, Ms. Rihanna, I'll start with you because you always have an amazing uh, conversation in regards to uh, women's rights, women's issues. And what I say, before we even get into it, I say, first of all, God has already legislated morality, right? So we don't need mm-hmm. our elected officials trying to legislate morality. We need them to legislate laws on health care and making sure that women quit dying and mortality rate is decreased yeah. uh, to get rid of it, period. And if That's they could right. work yeah. on that, that would be, wouldn't that be great if they could take that octopus that mm-hmm. Dr. Hagley talks about all of the time and uh, spread yes. out mm-hmm. and draw these things in and get them straightened out. That, that's a full-time job when they take care of uh, labor and, and health care and, and all the kitchen table issues that people, everyday people, are discussing that they're not able to make ends meet. Uh, they cannot right. afford. I, I was looking. It's, it's so interesting. I was looking at Dr. Hagney and, and Ms. Rihanna, and I don't know if the Marcus is still with us, but but uh, I was looking at a bill that came. It wasn't really a bill. It's just an explanation, and the explanation came from the uh, VA system. And so I had an MRI. Because everybody knows I had that automobile accident, but uh, 18-wheeler decided they wanted to just get my attention by plowing into the back of me, and they did. But uh, but I have an MRI, right? And that MRI cost $8,463, an MRI. Uh, that took about 45 minutes. And then I, I took an X-ray, and the X-ray was $500, but the VA says I'm only going to pay you $108. And so, and then the uh, $8,000 one, they said, well, we'll decide uh, how much that's going to cost. They didn't, they didn't put it on paper as to how much they were going to pay for that. But the point that I am making is that people could afford health care. We have a great health care system in America. It's too mm-hmm. expensive. And so if the VA says, I'm only going to pay you $108 out of that 500 then what about all of these other people that are having to pay the full price of it? So I don't know how we can make that change so that people can afford. We need affordable health care, and people are not able to afford it. 
uh, and, and Marcus brought out a great point, and that goes for your health care as well. If, you're, if you have your health care through your job, right, and you lose that job or you get laid right. off, you don't have any more health care, just like you don't have right. any life insurance. That's true. So that's something that we have to really, really think about in educating people on the importance. So, Ms. Rihanna, do you have any comments in regards to uh, the uh, attorney generals uh, stepping out there to bring the mm-hmm. lawsuit against Texas uh, and all any, anything else that went down here, as, as right. the young folks say, right here in Tyler, Texas, on last Tuesday, mm-hmm. Ms. Rihanna? Well, Merrick Garland uh, called the law, quote, a scheme to nullify the Constitution of the United States. I completely agree with that. Um, And here's the thing, a few about this Texas law that makes it so particularly egregious to me. Um, It deputizes ordinary citizens to enforce an effective ban on abortions, and it offers them a financial incentive to do so. Um, and that's their way of sort of washing their the legislature's uh, legislators' hands of it. Oh no, no, no! We're not banning anything. We're just telling regular busybody citizens to go around and you know spy on, <laughs> rat out, and sell out their neighbors and not just their neighbors, anybody who helps their desperate, upset, probably in a bad situation, possibly alone, maybe in an abusive relationship, possibly a, a victim of sexual assault or incest. Uh, isolate that person further and don't help that person or you could get sued. Uh, you know, it, it's right. horrifying. And the reason that we say that it goes right to the heart of Roe versus Wade is because at the heart of Roe versus Wade is that inherently we have a right to privacy. So this is in every way jumping, shoving the government's way into my life, um, giving a license to and a badge to my neighbors, uh, my community members, my peers, my, you know, anybody around me to pry and, you know, bully and abuse me, um, you know, it corners people into a situation where they're already, you know, you're, if you're seeking to terminate a pregnancy for whatever reason, you're not in a great place. Uh, So to further isolate that person and uh, penalize uh, anyone who tries to help that person is just sick and and cruel to me. Um, And finally, it just, it seems to me that what people really, really, need to get their head around and start understanding. Um, And to me, this is just a general statement because it's true for voting rights, it's true for civil rights, it's true for women's reproductive rights. Mm -hmm. If you are not on that chopping block with me, 
don't worry, you're next. You are absolutely next. It's this isn't about women. This is about can are we really gonna say that this is how we roll in this country? That that we're gonna let the government basically um, get into our heads, into our bodies, into every area of our lives. This is this particular uh, law is about controlling women, but ultimately, if you're controlling women, you're controlling everybody. Mm-hmm. So you know this, it's about all of us. So you better stand with us that we all have the right to bodily autonomy, that we all have the right to live free, that we all have the right to be supported and loved and cared for. And please, everybody, don't fall for this nonsense. This kind of ban really just hurts young women, poor women, abused women, um, you know, women, a lot of times women of color, um, you know, because really wealthy, well-to-do, well-connected women of all stripes can go and get the abortions that they need. It's called a DNC, and their doctor says they have to get it, and they're able to get it without judgment, without being sued. It's it's poor women and young women, a lot of times victims, that can't get the health care that they need, and then they're further marginalized. So don't be fooled out there. You're on the menu, too. Very good. That's an excellent point. And I'm glad you brought it out about how this happens, Ms. Rihanna. I, I, as you know, practiced for a long, long time, and I've seen so many come inside uh, of the hospital almost bleeding to death because of uh, right. uh, because of, of a coat. Well, it's not really a it's a called a knitting needle, long knitting mm-hmm. needle. Some people say a coat hanger uh, that that somebody some back street person uh, mm-hmm. performed a, an abortion on them and, uh, and or tried to do a, a DNC a dilatation and curatage, which is that the mm-hmm. scraping of that uterus and, and getting rid it's aborting the baby. It's exactly what mm-hmm. it's doing as Miss Rihanna uh, so beautifully explained. And so, uh, so the one thing that I can tell you that if a if a woman wants to get an abortion, she is going to figure out a way, and she's going to find somebody right. to do it. And so, what this law is saying is that why not provide a, a safe setting for her uh, if she has been raped or uh, incest, as uh, as Miss Rihanna mentioned, which is very very prevalent. Uh, in this country, and it still is to this day, to include rape is very prevalent in this mm-hmm. country. Yes. It still is to this day. Go ahead, Dr. Hagney. I know you have something to say about that. I, I really like what you said earlier about this is only for women. Like Ms. Rihanna said, everybody's involved. You mentioned it, when men that are attending these markets. See, mm-hmm. we, that, that's an excellent point. Uh, men need to recognize how this is affecting us all, directly and indirectly. So we need to be involved in the march you're talking about uh, because this is, a, this is a larger picture. Someone say this is to a certain extent. Uh, these are trial balloons with the mayors, with the governor signing right. something else. You know, and so there's a larger picture, and there's a plan what they're doing. And so yeah. all these trial balloons, even we talking about the Christianity and anti-vax, 
that's a trial alone. The, the what we're talking about now, there's something else that builds one day. I can build about something about uh, I, I need to pull that up about uh, keeping people in prison because they need something they need. Uh, I just heard the end of it. But those other trial balloons, okay. they were saying that basically they plan towards that 20 or 30% number that are just starting uh, on their side. And all these right. trial balloons, because someone said think he might, well, possibly think about running for president or whatever like that, they were saying these are trial balloons. And so we're correct. We need to see what they're doing, the master plan. And that's why it's affecting everybody. You might, we, not think, we might think, well, not, this is not second, but it really is. There's another trial balloon that's going to affect yeah. you. So it's going to affect us all. So we need to understand that's that. Right. And that really need to be clear about that. Well, yeah. well you're right, 100. And, and another one of those trial balloons is that voting rights bill, yes. uh, that H1 that they put that they right. pushed through and came here uh, to Tyler, Texas, and signed sign that. And the irony of the whole situation is that we have not had one person in Texas that was accused of of uh, voter fraud. And of course, they said unless it was on the other side. Right. That they don't believe they don't believe they got the uh, the numbers that they got. Uh, so uh, so we just have not had anything like that. And let's now let's take a look at what's going on in California because what Governor Newsom is saying is don't allow California to become another Texas. And so we know now that they're trying to recall uh, his uh, position. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think tomorrow is tomorrow election day. I believe for them, and the 14th, he's running against yes. the 14th. Okay, so that is tomorrow, and so mm-hmm. he's running against now. What's that old boy's name? Uh, Larry oh, Elder. Larry <laughs> Elder. <laughs> oh, good old Larry Elder. Uh, let's let's talk about who he is. Uh, uh, since we're since we're on radio, uh, let's talk about that radio host. Um, it's interesting that he was asked this afternoon uh, if, in fact, the uh, uh, he lost the election. Would he accept it? Of course, he never said that he would. He said uh, they're ready to, to get ready for a lawsuit. So it's amazing to me. It's when the the Republicans lose, they're ready to file a lawsuit. But when they right. win, and, and it, wait, it's voter suppression, right? But when they right. when they win, everything is beautiful. <laughs> it's a very Oh my. Well, we're the two happy snowflakes. That's us, right? They want, they want to use. They want to use. They want to use the leaders when they lose. It's amazing. Right, right. It's amazing. Uh, Dr. McKellar and uh, Dr. Hagney, I want to let you know, Pastor Cooper, future governor of okay. Texas, is on with us. Oh, Welcome, yeah. Pastor Cooper. Hey, hey. Pastor Cooper, how are you doing? Oh, right. enjoying the show. Yeah. Can you hear me? <laughs> we can hear yes, you loud and clear. Loud and clear. As, um, yeah, so, I'm in the hills. I, you're in the hills. I, 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 I want to ask you something about There's a publication from them. Is, is that where you were speaking today? Yes, Hillsborough, Texas. Yes. They're, okay, they're the Hillsborough College. They sent out some major... I'll have some information about that. I was wondering if they're the same one. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that junior. Yeah, that's that junior college over there in uh, Hillsboro. That's a, Texas. So, yep, I passed by today. Beautiful college. Yes, it is. So, so tell us about how everything turned out tonight, and who are you speaking and, to? Incredible. Speaking? And, and we talked about wonderful people in Hillsboro, and uh, 
you know, there's a lot of flags out here, in, in case y'all can understand what I'm what I'm saying. But uh, anyway, yeah, lots of flags, we lots do. of flags. We, we do. <laughs> I like the way you said that. I like yeah, the way you said that. Yeah, lots of flags. Yeah, 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 lots of type of flags too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, well, well, you be but, uh, you be very careful, and maybe you should keep your flag on the inside of the car right. to get out of that's there. That's right. <laughs> but go uh, ahead. Yeah. Hurry home. <laughs> Bold, brother. And, and, and there's caution, but there's no fear. But uh, we talked about the same kind of thing we're talking about right now. I love the discussion. Uh, and I love two things, Dr. McKellar. And you're not afraid to say some things. And you have to because there's 18% of African-American pastors They are pro-life also. But what most That's people right. don't understand is that most people are pro-life. I had not met anyone who right. wants to take life, yeah. including that of a 41-year-old black man or a black woman yeah. that's 28 years of age. So so yeah. most folks I know You're going in and out on this, uh, Pastor Cooper. I don't know if we lost him or not because he, he is in the – there you go. Okay. Come on back in. Can you hear me? Okay, you hear me? Okay, yes, you're back. Yeah, okay. Okay. So so what I was saying is that we talked about those same things tonight. And uh, the, the hospital room, the doctor's room, and, and the young lady, it's too small for the state of Texas and the governor to be in. So we need to make sure that the governor is not governing that. He needs to govern the things that we need to govern, like – making sure people get inoculated so that we can get the herd immunity of 65%, yeah. 70%, so we can go back to opening up our state. Yeah. Uh, that's called economics. And once we get everyone uh, vaccinated, uh, we can open up the schools. We just closed down BISD, uh, one of the campuses last week. Uh, I heard of other campuses closing down because these people are listening to the wrong folks. And one thing we talked yeah. about tonight is not getting tired in our well-doing. We are doing well. So we have to continue to, to to have the conversation without getting aggravated, mad, and upset, and picking up our marbles and going home. We have to stay out there in the streets, continue to touch, reach one, teach one, and, and, and continue to do good. Yes. Very good. And, Pastor Cooper, you followed me on Twitter today. Antifa Airlines is my name, and I appreciate that you did. I followed you back. Awesome. Great. I'm, I'm looking to try to pay attention to good people doing good work. <laughs> Very good. So, Pastor Cooper, which group did you speak to tonight? Uh, Hillsborough. Yeah, Hillsborough Democratic uh, Club, and there's a lot of preaching chairs there. And they're talking about good. registering people to vote, getting people to vote, and, and, and getting people in key locations. So, even though we have these horrific bills, 666, the mark of the beast. Yeah. Matter of fact, if you yeah. Google that, that, that is an overreach of the government, and it talks about government yeah. at the same time when you just put in those That's letters. Right. So, therefore, we know we're on the right track. God has given us confirmation yeah. that we are to fight the enemy. He said when we resist the devil, he must flee. So I don't care if the devil's in a wheelchair or walking. He's got to go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got to go. That's right. <laughs> Amen. That's right. He's got to go. That's good. That's, that's, that's good. right. That's, that's exactly right. 
Well, we're happy that everything turned out the way it should turn out uh, out there with you in Hillsborough. Hopefully some of those uh, uh, Texas Democratic women were out there. That's a a big organization of uh, Democratic women that live in the Hillsborough area as well. And so we usually have our retreat out there in Hillsborough. That's that's good country, nice nice area out there. Absolutely, I love it. It was a beautiful uh, uh, scenery. I thought I was back in Kansas with all the rolling hills. <laughs> oh, and by the way, you and the you and the other fellow that his name is Michael Cooper is looking amazing. <laughs> it looks like you guys had a great time out there uh, with your son. Thanks. So, uh, so, so that's good. We loved it. We loved watching see what you're doing with the young man. Fine looking gentleman. Fine looking gentleman. Can you talk Thank to you us a little much. bit about that 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 triple six? And I'm not talking about three sixes, that medication that your family used to give to you when you were youngster growing up, uh, Dr. Hadney. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that one. <laughs> that was some awful stuff, but it worked, didn't it? Did it not work? It, it worked. It still works. It, it, it's still working to this day. It worked. Yeah. But you want to dialogue a little bit on that, that 666 number, uh, Pastor Cooper? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about women's rights. All of those horrible bills are in that 666 number. Uh, yeah. We're still upset with our legislators that showed up to three to shut up, gave them quorum. But we have to continue to fight. And we have to make sure that uh, we, we work and we protest, like you're talking about with the Women's March. We have to show up there because of the fact we have to show unity in the community. And when we show that, they get afraid, they get scared. They want us to uh, separate and divide. And that's how they can conquer us. Uh, again, I'm, I'm trying not to uh, preach, but, you know, when the shepherd has 100 sheep and one gets lost, uh, he goes there up to go. that one. So we're going to have to 666 of them right now because not one of those bills are good. Voter suppression bills, uh, these are not good bills. These are the bills that I got arrested for. These, this is the reason why I'm running unapologetically. Right. We need a governor that's going to govern for all the people. The Speaker of the House is from Beaumont, Texas. I challenge him. His last name is Phelan, and those people are philanthropists that's in my area, and they have good hearts. So I challenged him publicly on national news and said that I need you to be the Speaker of the House, not the Speaker for the Republican Party. I need a governor that's going to be a governor for the people, not a governor for the Republican Party, not just 34% because those numbers are dropping because even they're not on the same page when it comes to the mask mandates. When you're talking about uh, superintendents are not getting the monies and funding that they need from the state of Texas and, and those threats, that's an overreach, just like uh, you're overreaching in, into the uh, hospital room and into the uh, medical uh, room with that young lady. There's an overreach when you're uh, – there's too much government. We don't need that much government. And, and uh, our fellow brothers and sisters that are Caucasian, Republicans, they don't like overreach. Well, guess what? We need to make sure – we look at both sides of the table when we're talking about this overreach. Very good. That's outstanding. And it's so interesting yes. to me is that they preach that smaller government, but, but right. now they're going to put themselves into the lives of people. So, see, it's, it's hypocritical, and we just have to just face it. Right. So, so what's good for the goose got to be good for the gander. So if, if you don't like big government, then why are you pushing big government? Uh, why are you trying Absolutely. to decide what what's going to happen to to somebody? Right. I, I I guarantee you, m- most men have to say to their wives, uh, "Well, ma'am, 
wife, a sweetheart, do, do you mind if we do it this way? I mean, and that that's a beautiful thing that that men are not not trying to push anything over. I'm talking about spouses, not trying to push anything right. over onto women. They sit down and discuss it and then come to together on what needs to work out in the family. So, uh, so that's what has to happen uh, when it comes to women's rights. Women's rights uh, is human rights, and that's how I look at it. Yes. So, so we appreciate the men to join in with this, and I want I want to specifically thank the uh, the police department and our assistant chief, who's been working hand in hand with me since last uh, Friday on getting all of this laid out and and laying out the route. Uh, we have a lot of people. Dr. Nichols has done an amazing job. Everybody knows who she is. She's on our Thursday show. And uh, and she has laid out uh, getting people from all around East Texas to come into Tyler to be a part of this peaceful march just for women to say, I have to decide uh, for myself uh, what, uh, what has to happen with my body. So let's let's since we got the governor on tonight, let's talk a little bit about what's going on over in California. I think you were out there not so long ago, right, uh, Pastor Cooper, out in California. We know that uh, Governor uh, Newsom's—they're trying to recall—and uh, then we know Larry Elder uh, is pushing a whole bunch of baseless information uh, about uh, just whatever he can. And uh, so we know that he is running. He is an attorney. And he's a radio host, and he's a politician, and he's a uh, he's written some books. Lunatic. Everything well well <laughs> well educated. And what did you say, Miss Rihanna? I'm sorry. Say it again. And he's a he's a lunatic. Like, yeah, a lunatic. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That right. that man I mean, said that uh, yeah. he would be lunatic. happy. Okay. Yes, he <laughs> said he would be perfectly happy with George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin's murderer. Being his neighborhood watch, yes. that's Larry Elder. That yes, is Larry. The, He's a hateful, one. hateful lunatic, in my opinion. If, well, and and here's the deal. You know, your parents used to say uh, there's some people who are educated fools. Do you remember that? Yes. That's right. Okay. Right. So, I mean, this guy graduated from Brown yeah. University, a University of Michigan law school. I mean, uh, you would think that he would be an intelligent person. He talks like an idiot. He really does. Yeah. And, he gets paid uh, well to do that. Yes, paid he does. well to do it. Yes, he does. It's all about it's all about that money, right? It's all about that money. So, uh, are we hoping that the, we're pushing that the Democrats will step up and step out? And by the way, uh, uh, Mr. Marcus Irwin lives in California, and so uh, so hopefully. I don't know. He may still be registered to vote in another area. I don't know if he's still on with us tonight, but hopefully they're pushing and prodding and making sure that people get to the polls to keep Governor Newsom in office. Because if if ever Larry Elder got into that position, they're in trouble in California. They're in trouble. Big trouble. Absolutely. 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 And I, and I don't see it happening. I I I, I, I was moving around a lot in Los Angeles. Are you there? Can you right. hear me? Uh, yes, we can hear you. Go yeah. right ahead. Okay. Yes. I was in Ontario. I was in Los Angeles. I was in San Bernardino. I was in Oceanside. I was Thank all you. over. Uh, and the, the the word on the street is that he, he should be fine. Uh, but it's a wake up call for us all. 
uh, again, uh, it's with my friend, Brother Arthur. I don't hear his voice tonight. But he, he's always talking about the voice of moral authority. And that's what yeah. we need. Uh, and, and so I'm going to say this, and we're not out the primaries yet. This is probably a statement I would say outside the primary. Tracy's probably cringing right now. But I'm going to say this. I'm not looking for a blue wave. I'm looking for someone that's common sense governing our body and our people, and that's a governor and a, and a person that's in position. I don't care if it's a judge, appellate court judge. I don't care if it's a commissioner that's going to govern the body of people, not necessarily yeah. govern just a select group of people. So, so we need yeah. common sense governing, and I think that's what they have in California. They're not going to get rid of it. I think they have the votes to go forward. Very good. good. And I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree with you 100%. I, I think according to even what was said this afternoon, uh, that and we I know there's a very, very large population of uh, Hispanic voters there, and so they already said at least about 30% uh, had already uh, turned in their votes. Uh, at that time, and people were still coming in with those. So, so I'm, I'm, I feel good about it uh, as well. Yeah. Um, so we we just don't need that guy. We don't need it. No. So and we we do have a lot of listeners in California, and this is a weird, you know, election. It's not a typical, you know, if you haven't heard, um, we don't blame you, but it is tomorrow. You should have gotten your mail-in ballot in the mail, but just make sure that you cast your vote tomorrow yeah. without fail. Yes, yeah. without a doubt. We got we, we got to have. Wear, wear your mask. Uh, COVID wear is your still mask. running rapid in California. Wear the wear your mask. I don't care if you've been yeah. inoculated or not. Uh, and continue to have the conversations. You can write, you can put up eight billion posters. And, and people are not going to pay attention to them. What they're going to pay attention to is mommy or daddy saying, hey, listen, you have a grandmother or grand, uh, a grandfather at home that's uh, elderly. Yeah. You need to make sure that you're exactly for them. I know you young people. I know you club hopping, having fun. But, uh, you know, you don't stop until it's too late. Uh, my hmm. daughter, and I want to use a friend example, she learned a very hard lesson. Uh, she lost a job okay. uh, because of the fact she was not – in California, and I thank uh, Governor Newsom for that because of the fact that uh, they're leading by example, and they're saying they're not playing. No, if you're not proven that you can, uh, yep. that's that's it. And, and we kind of lost Pastor Cooper again, but but we we all know that when they told us we had to wear seat belts. We put those on because they were passing right. out fines. Uh, mm-hmm. You couldn't even, you, I mean, all kinds of things. Your insurance rate was going to go higher uh, if you mm-hmm. were driving and you didn't have on a seat belt and, and you mm-hmm. injured somebody. I mean, there's all kinds of things that were thrown at us, right? And the minute we right. get in our vehicles now, it's, a, it's just a part of us. We That's immediately right. put oh, that just, seat belt on, I don't we? I just like Colin. Colin just rides in the front seat by himself with, with nothing. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Exactly. You got to put that. She got to. She got to clamp him in and make sure that he is safe in that seat before she takes off and in the back That's seat. Right. At that. 
not in somehow the I don't find that it's tyranny. Somehow it's not tyranny to okay. buckle him into his approved car seat. I I don't know. There you go. I don't know. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and you feel don't don't you feel safe once you snap him in and you hear that thing click? You feel that way about yourself. That's right. I, you know something. I we've been wearing seatbelts for so long. I there's something missing if I don't put on my seatbelt. I I, yep. I just immediately put it on. You feel almost like you have no clothes on, right? When you when you don't have that seatbelt mm-hmm. on. It's just a part. It's a part of your attire when you yeah. get That's in the right. car and take off. And right? and deaths deaths related to car accidents were through the roof before the mandate go. that seatbelts you know, became mandatory. I remember when Texas buckle up for safety. Uh, Always you know, buckle up. That's it. Absolutely. That's it. And, you know, people were going to have accidents. We're driving around 2,000, you know, pounds of, of uh, you know, metal. We're going to have accidents. Yeah. But, you know, look at the lives that have been saved. Uh, mandating oh that you can't drink and drive. You know, somehow right. we managed to get through that mandate without, exactly. you know, having a revolution and storming the Capitol mm-hmm. and, you know, throwing a fit. It's the, yeah. This is, and like I said earlier, George Washington, our first president, mandated smallpox inoculations yeah. Uh, yeah. once, once that became a thing. Uh, it's That's just common point. sense. Like Pastor Cooper yep. said, common sense is not exactly. tyranny. It's just not. Exactly. That's beautiful. That so wow. Yeah, we'll have to get to that point. We gotta get to that. We have to get to that point, and we have to get to that point very soon, or we're yes. gonna lose a lot more people. A lot more people. Well, guys, listen. Right. Before we, uh, it's getting it's nine thirty three, and and so I wanted for us to talk a little bit about uh, this. This month is prostate month, and this month is sickle cell month, and and. Uh, uh, Dr. Hagney has a, a few things that he may want to say in regards to, but there's so many issues and so many things that we have to deal with. As everybody knows, we had an amazing guest uh, prior to September, and we know September is uh, sickle cell month and, and as well as prostate month. And so there's a lot of things that are going on. And then, of course, we know next month is going to be breast cancer awareness month and some mm-hmm. other things. So we want to make sure that people are always aware. We talked about the seat belts. We talked about the COVID and the importance of that. And so, um, so Dr. Hagney, I don't know if you have a couple of comments that you'd like to make in regards to prostate uh, uh, yeah. What we what we talked about earlier today. Uh, yes, we were working at, as we work on the uh, site. There is a there's an agent just a week after we. There's a young lady in uh, Yelman, Texas, that we talked about earlier. That she's actually maybe still in the hospital, experiencing sickle cell crisis, and it was just amazing how all this is coming together. Well, not for her. It's so close. And, and I talked to her mother, but again, that information, everything we talked about last week, about the concern of the medical school, uh, the primary documenting individual, and also the Right. We're losing Dr. Hagney. Dr. Hagney, are you there? Yes, I am. 
but uh, this is something we're excited about that we make happen. This is sickle cell uh, month, and also the project uh, we're working on a uh, potential project. There's a natural group contacted us about the information about project, uh, uh, prostate, and we're looking at possible on the 23rd Sunday of the month have a like a PSA throughout all these this, uh, through this network. Uh, emphasizing important information and importance of of uh, prostate cancer, and that's some information they're sending us. So I'm very excited about both, both those events. But again, like we said, it's all about a community, all about us working together, communicating with each other, and sharing information. And, and, and the church is one of the major forces of that. So I'm just excited about what um, we'll follow. That next month, breast cancer be the same way because in place to actually reach the community with correct. Uh, factual information. Right. Very yeah. good. Okay, then, and let me throw this in there uh, before we bring Mr. Arthur on, and I think uh, Mr. Marcus Irwin is, is on with us. Yeah. Then, but, um, but I want to uh, mention that sickle cell month as well, and if there's anybody out there in any areas, uh, Dr. Hagney and I discussed that we would like to uh, set up a um, a blood draw in the name of that young patient that is in crisis right now in the hospital, uh, but that if you can give blood uh, and uh, give that blood in the in, in the name of the sickle cell bank, because in every blood bank has a sickle cell bank, and that is replenishing the blood that that uh, that sickle cell uh, clients who are in crisis. Uh, can replace that blood because that's the only thing that really brings them out right. of crisis and gets them to be pain-free is to be able to get uh, get that, that blood transfusion. So if you can... And in particular, uh, African-Americans, right? I go. just want to there throw in, go. in particular, African-American donors. Thank you. It's very important because it needs to be the blood needs to come from a black person to put in that sickle cell bank. Thank you. Great point, Miss Rihanna. Hello, Mr. Arthur. Good evening. How are you, stranger? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? I hope everybody's doing great. Everybody's doing great. We're missing you. You're an hour and a half late. What? <laughs> no, an hour and Better late right than never. Late. Better late than never. That's right. That's your, that's your frat brother. That's your frat brother. That's my frat brother. Well, I can well, I've been I, I've been working the last couple of weeks and my I, I have my house redid you know from that from that average storm I told you about you know you were talking oh, about the storm. Oh, that's yeah. right. Hurricane yeah. Abbott. Yeah. So, yeah. so now I'm doing, yeah, and Abbott. so now so, and so now I went through the process. So now I'm, I'm doing the ins- well. I'm through the insurance company. I'm getting the work done. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, Outstanding. Yeah, 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 but yeah, but look here, but Cheryl, I'm gonna ask you to tell me how I should feel about some. Of course, you can't tell me how to feel about some, but you know, but I just want to just put it that there. I, I, uh, I just may not listen. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 now look, now, now, now you know, because I have a home and I have work done from time to time, you know, for the upkeep. And, true, true. and of course, you know, I'm trying to hire. I'm trying to work with African American. Uh, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, entrepreneurs and so forth okay. doing the business. But every time, but, but the last couple of times, now the last three times, the last three times I did that, uh, I talked to an African American and 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 I get people in my house that don't even speak English. Now, now I don't know how I should feel about that, <laughs> uh, but, but, but you know, <laughs> but you know, it seems I, I, to be a pattern. How about this? I, I can't touch that. How about that? <laughs> 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 don't, don't. You're in a room 
I got you, Dinda. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, well, well, well. I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't say, hey, look here, hey, I didn't think you could help me, but I thought I'd ask you anyway. <laughs> I'm in the hills. I can't help you. I got you. There you go. The pastor's out in the hills. I'm in the hills. I can't hear you. I can't hear you very good. I can't help you. Black woman, woman of color, particularly a black woman, 
That's right. it. He's done. I see. Uh, they have to replace him. Now, that's this is a, a lot of times in California, as we know, it's, it's these small groups of really angry, really vocal people that the right is really good at getting together to work for a common goal. <laughs> yes, um, yes. That's true. And that seems to be what they've done. So the angle I'm giving you is just uh, Bishop's Corner. <laughs> of course. Of okay. This. <laughs> okay. So, Marcus, what have you heard? Well, what, uh, 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 Shirley. 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 Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shirley, look at the, 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 the what I, the, what I understand. The big problem okay. is, is that that recall is, is, is that the you know just like here in Texas, Texas you can almost forget about doing a recall. In California, you know you can do a recall like like nothing, like it ain't. Yeah. I mean, there's not there's, there's not no prohibition to it, and then right. you, and, and, and so be, and because of that, you got those small Republican pockets because they don't point them out that you know that believe in you know no vaccine and all that stuff. Those yeah. people right. are the one that's recalling them. They don't want to recall yeah. it. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't yeah. think it got nothing to do with no Kamala Harris. I really don't. You know, that now, you know, he'll probably no, say that to make it look pocket. like. Yeah, yeah you know, to make it look like, you know, make it look like we squabbing with, yeah, make it look like, yeah, you know, make it look like we squabbing with the government. But no, you know, that ain't what's happening. Yeah. That, this is that same group. It's doing yeah. the same thing nationally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what they doing down there. That's what they doing. And, oh, he, and, and Cameron Harris and black folks, Cameron Harris and black folks ain't got nothing too. to do with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cameron Harris right. and black folks they got nothing Bishop, to do with it. Bishop is anti-vax right. as well. Okay. He, he's okay. anti-vax and he's also pro this Texas abortion ban law. So he he's a good right. cross section of all those weird slices, and we love him dearly. But that oh, love it. it. And, and and he's already he's already had COVID. And his father—he's already his had, father had COVID. He's, yeah, yeah. His father had it as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from here, so, uh, obviously, there's three ahead, different. Marcus, hey, that's hey. what I want to hear. I want to hear from no. Marcus from out in California. Go ahead. Oh yeah, from here, uh, there's three different talking points. That was the homelessness is one. That's like wait a minute. There was homelessness okay. uh, before we got here. Uh, there was homelessness True. under uh, under the previous president. President Swat. Yes. So yes. that's yes. always been there. Yes. And also, right. there's a, another talking point about um, how expensive California is. Well, California's always been expensive. Uh, yes. I mean, but he's giving the responsibility to Gavin Newsom is that he's responsible for the high prices and also because of the vaccine. And he mentioned that before that he doesn't want people to obviously uh, be mandated to have a vaccine, which is uh, idiotic. Right, right. Okay. Well, I did, uh, let me just tell my frat brother that I did hear uh, after uh, Kamala Harris, uh, after uh, the uh, the present senator, what's his name? The uh, I can't think of his name right now, but after he was appointed, uh, that there was a lot of anger uh, with the fact, and this, this came from uh, a lot of African Americans and people of color, uh, that they wanted another woman than one, and they certainly wanted because we only have now we only have one African American in in the Senate, and that would be uh, 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 New Jersey uh, 
In the Senate, Cory Booker. 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 Cory Booker. Uh, Cory Booker. Right. 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 Cory Booker. That's correct. And then, then we had two people prior to, and that we had one black female, one uh, black man, and so people were looking for that to happen. They wanted to see another black female to take Kamala Harris's place. Uh, Now we know, of course, Val Jennings is now running. Uh, She's running for. uh, for the Senate, yeah, and so Marco we're really pushing. Yeah, there you go. So we're hoping and pushing that that she can she can get in there. And so uh, then, of course, we didn't. How many Hispanics that are that are in the Senate? I I don't know that number. Uh, it's not that. Uh, Let's see, Menendez, uh, the guy he just appointed. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Rubio is Rubio Ru- Hispanic. Forty-seven. I, I, I yeah. Make it mixed up. Is, is he Hispanic or is he white? I, I, I can't. 40, I can't Forty-seven Hispanic. Wait, wait, wait. Say that once again, Miss Rihanna. Um, forty. Let's see. Forty. I'm, I'm seven talking about you, not the. Okay. Okay. So it's one. So it's one hundred senators, and how many are Hispanic? Okay, let me look. This was Congress. Sorry. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that, that's oh, three. Rubio. There you I go. Three, three Hispanic or Latino Americans prior to the 21st century, only three. But what about Ted Cruz? Had, what about Ted Cruz? Oh, you know he what wanted, he is. <laughs> come on, yeah. Are they his, name, his name's Ted, not uh, whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> we know what Eduardo or right. whatever his name is. He, exactly. he goes by Ted. So do, are they he, go, he goes with his Ted Irish Cruz? side of So that's four. So that's at least four. Rubio, uh, then one out of California. And, oh yes, it's uh, four. That's right. It's four. Okay. At least okay. four. And then and then yes. three members who are territorial delegates. Okay. And then how many females? Uh. Period. I mean, we know one. there's no more black. One. Black. Catherine Cortez Nasto. Who? No, no, Susan. Uh, I mean, no, no. We're still talking about United States senators, and we know that uh, Elizabeth Zero. Warren is a United States senator. No, Zero Elizabeth and two Warren. Black. Elizabeth Warren. Am is I in the United wrong year? <laughs> yeah. This one is a senator, a senator from Nevada, Democrat, Catherine Cortez Nasto. I don't recognize oh, okay. that. Okay. Oh, okay. That's fine. I, See Elizabeth that? Warren. And, and we ain't got, and we got with two blacks, so hey, I'm just saying. Right. So we only have one black. We only have one black. No, there's uh, one black. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham's uh, partner over there in the what's his name? Um, Senator. Ted Cruz. <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, senator from he's either from North or wherever Lindsey Graham is from. The other senator. North Carolina. Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Georgia. What's that? We almost forgot no. about him. Georgia, Georgia. That's <laughs> right. Uh, uh, we, we, we have oh, yes, but now we yes we do have Reverend. in Georgia now. I'm yeah, sorry, we, we have to get him now. in office. Remember, we voted. We we, we made three thousand phone calls. Warnock, Warnock. 
Yeah, Warnock. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking about Tim Scott. Uh, we forgot about Tim Scott. Tim I'm talking, we forgot all about well, Tim Scott. No, no, South no, no, Carolina. We, we forgot him, but we forgot him on purpose. No, 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 I was he, trying to remember. He forgot I, I, I was trying to remember. No, I was trying to remember. Him no, I, no, he and forgot. Yeah, he forgot. We didn't forget him. He forgot Tim us. Scott forgot. Yeah, go. Tim Scott there forgot Tim Scott, and Tim Scott forgot you. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, so as a matter of fact, hey, wait a minute, hey, Sheridan, where's my, Sheridan, where's my, where's my Joyce Floyd at? Where, 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 where my Joyce Floyd at? I don't know. I mean, I was, I mean, I was about to give, I was about to give Tim Scott some kudos and everything. I was almost about to call him a brother, a real, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I was about to give him, I was about to give him his brother card back. And then now, and now, uh-uh. nothing. Now you got to take it back. Uh-uh. You got to take it back. Yeah, well, I, I had it in my pocket. I had gave it to him. I, I didn't give it to him. I didn't give it to him. Take that away from him. <laughs> But but I'm still I mean but George Floyd yeah. just went poof. Yep. You know. Yep. He he was about to get it done. He was close. Okay. He got right. sidetracked. Okay. Got it now. Okay. Miss Rihanna says yeah. wherever there's warm water, warm air, wherever there's warm weather. Then we're going to have more homeless. Now let me let me share this with you guys, and I'll, let me commend my city because you know, starting September the first, we were supposed to be eradicating homelessness in this country, and so we have a we 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 uh, hired two uh, police officers that will oversee. Now we we don't see our homeless anymore, but there are a, a couple of so people that still pushing some buggies. But we were able to get people into their homes or get get mm-hmm. them a voucher to get into a home or get into a home with their family members or get it into the uh, mission, uh, Highway 80 mission, uh, where it houses uh, homeless people. And then we have these police officers, two police officers, that will oversee any homeless people that they see out there on the street, going and getting them and, and finding out what their issues are and helping to get them into some housing. So wow. I commend the city of Tyler for working really hard yeah. and getting people off the streets. There's no more tents under the bridge. There's no more tents in my district because that's where they were in my district. And uh, all of that has all been renewed and everything and no more sleeping under the bridge. Because so. they're in places to live. Rather, I love that. Yeah. I want everybody yeah. to really hear that again. Police officers, rather than criminalizing homelessness yeah. and quote unquote cleaning up the city, they have been charged with locating people and helping them move into a roof over their head. That's how Tyler cleans yeah. up the homelessness problem. That's that's, and that's how you should do it. And that's, that's how it right. Should be. And not charging across the not charging five hundred dollar fine. Right. There you That's go. Right. That's there right. That's right. And, and we have mm-hmm. a psychologist to assist them in mm-hmm. uh, in whatever issues that they may be dealing with. It, we we have a plan, mm-hmm. and the plan is moving forward and it's working quite well. Being a good neighbor. That's awesome. Being a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. Good well, how, how difficult was that? I mean, how, how difficult was it? Tyler's not a small city, so I mean, no, it's how not. difficult was it? Yeah. Let me tell you, uh, Pastor Cooper. They they were all in one area. 
if you wanted to right. find the homeless, mm-hmm. you could find them under the bridge in District 3. Under, oh, right in my, we were down there every Saturday feeding them, giving them a shower, mm-hmm. giving them clean clothes. We've been doing that for, for years. And uh, mm-hmm. so it was easy to find them. And plus, there was a police That's officer that was always down there. He knew them. They knew him, uh, uh, Officer Green. And so he is one of the mm-hmm. ones that's going to be with that, that's going to be tasked with just doing that along with that other officer, and then the psychologist. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a master plan, and that master plan is working really really well. Well, guys, well, it this works, is nice and- to be fun. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was saying it works, and uh, we have city council that's telling us that there's a separation of the state and the city, and they can't cross those lines, and so therefore they have to figure it out. No, it's very easy. If you want to do it, you get it done. It's a city. It's a city issue, anyways. I don't know what the state's talking about. It is a city issue uh, that that this homeless issue is because they are sleeping in the city parks and they're sleeping in areas where cities are in control. City council and mayor is in control of these things and the city manager. So that's all it takes is to make a master plan. And guess what? Not only that, there's funding. There's funding that was sent from the CARES Act all the way up from the federal government down by Mm -hmm. President Biden to help to eradicate the homelessness. As, as, As a matter of fact, that was his push, is that we need to get rid of homelessness in this country. Uh, one person at a time. And so obviously we know it's a big job there in California uh, because there are so many tents and so many people out there uh, that it's going to take the whole city. It's going to take it. There you go. And it's going to mm-hmm. take NGOs, uh, non-governmental uh, uh, organizations, and everybody working together. The churches, uh, you're going to hear Dr. Hagney talking about the job of the churches from here to eternity. So it's mm-hmm. going to take all of us working together yes. as a team in order to eradicate this homelessness. And right. we got so much money in this country right here, there is no need. But before we leave, before we leave, uh, we got a few more minutes, Miss Rihanna. I know that you sent us uh, the, uh, on, on our text message the meals that are being served. And we know that there's 120,000 Afghanis that have been sent over there's about a 100 people that are Americans, I believe, that still left in Afghanistan. And the reason why some, at the last minute, some people decided they want to come, but some people didn't want to come because they got family members right. that were there. Some of the people that worked for us, with us, uh, during the wartime, they didn't want to leave their families. And then right. some of them decided, you know, if I'm going to be able to stay alive, I better go ahead and leave. But just think about it, guys. If we were being pulled out of this country that we love so well and sent across on the other side of the world, and we know we got got cousins and parents and children mm-hmm. and all those that are left here, we may not want to leave. I don't want to leave right. anyway. I have been. I, I belong here, but uh, right. but it's a big job. They have a life there. That we have. Yes, they do. They have formed a life there, but but it's it's a lot of money to feed 120,000 people, and, and they're all stationed there, a lot of them at, at Fort Bliss in El Paso, uh, Texas. So uh, so it's probably not the meal maybe that, they, that they're accustomed to, uh, but just think about trying to feed that many people. And we have a storm that just hit 
uh, Hurricane right. Ida that's destroyed uh, New Orleans, and we're trying to help them. And then we right. have Tropical Storm Nicholas that's coming off the coast of Mexico, coming into Texas, into the coastlines mm-hmm. of Texas. And, and tonight we're supposed to have heavy, heavy rains here in East Texas, and then we know it's going to come into uh, Houston, Texas. So we got a pandemic in every direction that we yeah. have. We go in, so we cannot be too hard on what is going on right. in our country right now. Everybody, a lot of people are suffering. That's all I have. Well, and Doctor McKellar, yes, ma'am, the redhead and Fiona. I I just want to point out for all of the hate that that young man Ahmed got on Twitter when he tweeted um, about that, and just to put it into context. He tweeted a picture of his meal, but he had been he's been live tweeting. He's one of the refugees who is um, bilingual and is in close contact and regular meetings with the refugee relocation re, uh, re, um, staff at Fort Bliss. And so he's live tweeting his experience and how this process is going. And when he he made a tweet about the the meager looking meal and said, I'm not complaining, but this is it. He was able, he got a lot of hate online immediately, which, um, you know, it is what it is. But he was also able to go around and talk with the other refugees and get some information from them and express to the staff there at Fort Bliss how, what their opinions and feelings were. And the staff was actually really grateful to hear their comments and to understand that, you know, there were were possibly some other things that they could do to help their nutritional requirements. And changes were actually immediately made. He's been tweeting about those changes. They've added a few different things to the menus and understood that people, you know, are probably needing something different. And they were happy that they called it to their attention. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, what are they doing? Sending a fried chicken? What are they doing? I'm getting sending a bunch of fried chicken or something. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> okay. Keep, keep, well, keep up with his Twitter account. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, guys. It's been amazing having you guys on tonight. We appreciate the information that was given to us by Mr. Marcus Irwin. You remember that phone number. If you're still on, Marcus, if you can give us that, uh, that number one more time. Please, yes, it's uh, 1-800. Excuse me, I'm sorry. It's 802-850-6969. 402-850-6969. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. It's a great show. We've enjoyed it tremendously. We look forward to being right back here again on next Monday. Remember all the issues that are going on in our country. Try to help somebody. By all means, get yourself vaccinated. So you can protect not only yourself, but the people around you. Wear your mask, wash your hands, do all the things that you need to do in order to stay safe. Thank you. May God bless you. And now we'll turn it back over to Miss Rihanna, and she'll end the evening report. Thank you, Miss Rihanna. Everybody, see you next week. Thank you. Good night, y'all. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night, everybody. And hey, everybody, go to Twitter and follow Cooper Four Texas Governor at Cooper Four, the number four Texas Governor. And mask up. Yay. <laughs> Good night. Good night. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out.
No man, no weapon Formed against, yes, glory is destined Everyday women and men become legends Sins that go against our skin become blessings The movement is a rhythm to us Freedom is like religion to us Justice is juxtaposition in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, his spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus that's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots we on the ground, the camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be Glory comes, it will be out, it will be 